You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 152. Can a dehumidifier prevent toxic mold exposure? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. We're now in April, Steve. Yes. Yep. It's um, one month closer to to summer. We don't have spring here. We jump right from winter <laughs> to summer. So. Seven months of winter, a little tiny bit of yep. summer, a little tiny bit of fall, and winter again. Yep. That's, you keep telling me you're not sure how many more winters you can last here. So. Exactly. Hopefully our listeners will be hearing us do our, our winter broadcast from, from a warmer climate. Uh, yeah. Like tropical, South Carolina. Tropical <laughs> would be nice, which leads us to what we're talking about because, you know, in tropical environments, even places like South Carolina, it's pretty humid. Yep. It's very humid, actually, on the East Coast. Yeah. It's humid to you and humid to me. I know. Me. No H pronunciation. Our, our Northeast uh, listeners are like... <laughs> humid. <laughs> <laughs> so the question today is, can a dehumidifier prevent toxic mold exposure? So what is a dehumidifier? So our listeners, you know, a lot of people are very familiar with a humidifier. Yes. Um, so when their kids were sick, you know, as little children, they would put a humidifier in their broom or... What I did, you'd take them in the bathroom and turn the shower up really, really hot um, to help clear out their lungs. Um, a dehumidifier pulls the humidity out of the, the air. And so the reason I, I put the title is, can a dehumidifier prevent toxic mold, is I don't want people to think that using a dehumidifier is a fix to um, high humidity in the air, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just a temporary fix for the most part. And... Well, we're, that's what we're going to talk about, is if you're having to use a dehumidifier, there's a reason. Okay, so so literally, if somebody says there is too much humidity in a specific room in the house, mm-hmm. 
a dehumidifier is a temporary way to try to get some of the humidity out of the air, but you're not actually addressing the core problem. Exactly. Okay. And, and you know, when would someone use a dehumidifier, mold starts to reproduce once the humidity is 60% or higher. So if, I always say 50, 55% of the humidity is at that level. And our listeners know this. I don't say you need to get a dehumidifier in there. I always say, hey, you've got something causing the problem. I don't want our listeners to think, well, we're just going to go put a dehumidifier in that room to lower the humidity to prevent mold. The whole point is, is there's something causing that humidity in that room to be that high. Would a dehumidifier actually prevent mold from growing? Yes, per se, yes. So if you had a moisture intrusion event and you brought in a dehumidifier and you'd have to follow all the proper steps, you do a flood cut, you dry out the wall cavities, the ceiling, wherever the water came in, if you got that in there before 48 hours is up, so it only takes 48 hours for mold to reproduce, if you had dehumidifiers, and I say humidifiers because there's several of them, if you got that air dried out in those rooms and the humidity below 55% or 60%, yes, you could prevent a mold concern. But that's a moisture intrusion event. So we're talking when you have to call in a restoration company because your basement flooded. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, you know what, what I want them to, to learn out of this podcast is you can't use a dehumidifier as a quick fix and go, well, I don't know why we have a mold problem behind the walls because... We kept a dehumidifier in there. Does that make sense? Well, that that's exactly the example that I was thinking of. So if, for example, you have a moisture intrusion event, you turn on a dehumidifier and it helps to keep the humidity somewhat lower. If there's mold growing in the back of that sheetrock behind the wall, isn't running the dehumidifier pointless because the colony is already big enough that it is. it's going to continue growing no matter what the humidity level is. Right. So behind the wall, if you don't if you don't lower the humidity levels in that wall cavity, the mold's going to keep growing. And matter of fact, if you have a mold infestation and you're running a dehumidifier, you're actually probably spreading the mold spores wow. around. Unless it's inside a containment and all that. And that, that's why I said earlier, if you do it properly, I mean, there's, we're not, we don't do restoration. We've talked about that before in the podcast. We only come in when there's an actual mold issue. But in the restoration process, or what I call the mop-up process, they come in if there's a flood. So we're talking an isolated incident. They'll come in and they'll literally drill holes. Mm-hmm. And in, in between the wall studs, they have air dryers. They have all sorts of equipment. They, they have carpet dryers. They'll lift the corner carpet up. They're going to get everything aired out. Well, I'm saying how it should be done properly. I'm not sure if that's how companies do it. And that's all done inside a containment. If they were to do all that properly with a, just a, a, a single moisture intrusion event, there should never be a mold concern. Does that make sense? That does make sense. But you've got to do that within 48 hours. Yes. So it's a very small window of time. Exactly. And if you don't really know when the humidity plus the moisture plus the cellulose material actually fed the mold to begin with, Mm -hmm. you don't really know when your 48 hours begins or ends. Which brings us back to the, the whole purpose of what I want our listeners to know is a dehumidifier, just bringing it into a, let's just say it's your teenager's room. 
every few days because the humidity is always high is not going to prevent mold. Matter of fact, you could probably be making the, the mold concern worse or the air quality worse. Absolutely. Well, and, and you speak about teenagers, but I was thinking babies in nurseries, lots of people will use humidifiers if the baby is stuffed up uh, to, you know, humidify the air so it's easier for the baby or the toddler to breathe. What's your take on that? So if you're going to use a humidifier, and we've talked about those in previous podcasts, there's, there's, I'm not a fan of them at all. And, and I have clients, some of our listeners probably have it. You can put humidifiers on your forced air furnaces. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that's a, I would never do that. But if you're using it in the nursery, like you're talking about, only use it for a few hours while the baby's in there sleeping or whatever, and keep a close eye on the humidity in there. And how are they going to know what the humidity levels are? Humidity gauge. Yep. So if you're going to use it, make sure it's only for a short short time or, you know, several hours. When I say several hours, overnight, and that's it. But make sure once you shut that humidifier off, you get that room aired out just like you do when you take a nice hot shower. Yep. Yep. So definitely it's not something they can run all night. Well, they can in their in the nursery. Yes, in the nursery. Yeah, they can. Okay. Um, I I I wouldn't recommend it, but you can run it all night. Just don't leave it running for three days straight. Okay, gotcha. So then they'd have to then the next right. morning open the windows, open the door, right. just air it out. Okay, air and it, it out. We've talked about it. Like, don't <laughs> don't forget if you're running a humidity or humidifier, um, and the humidity's elevated. Don't forget about the machine itself could have mold growing in it. Yeah. So all you're doing, you think you're helping your baby out, you're just spraying mold into the room. Yep. And that, you know, that mold that's probably growing on that, we have no way of knowing if it's stachybotrys or what we call the black mold, but most likely it probably would be because that's what stachybotrys grows on is materials like that. So be very careful with humidifiers. And once again, that's why I'm not a fan of them at all, period. Absolutely. When our clients say they have, yeah, we have a humidifier on our furnace, I always tell them, hey, unless you have to, just shut it off. Yeah, don't use it. Don't use it. So what should people do if they need to use a dehumidifier for more than a few days? So when we say more than a few days, let's reword it to our listeners, more than one or two times. Okay. If you're chronically using that dehumidifier, let's go back to the teenager's room you go in there with your dehumidifier, you get it down below 50%. Four days later, it's humid in there again. You throw it back in there. At that point, you know there's something elevating the humidity, which would be a moisture intrusion event. Yeah. And that moisture, be, it could be coming from anywhere. Does that teenager eat all the time in their room? Do they have plates of food under the bed? Is there always a half a bowl of milk sitting in their room? Is it a water leak? There's all sorts of things. Could be the roof leak and could be a bathroom on the backside of their wall that there's a water pipe leak, drain pipe. There's all sorts of reasons. So you have to hire a professional to get to the bottom of that. So definitely hire a professional. Is there a place in this, though, for changing of behavior? Because I think about the teenager who's playing a sport and they always come home and they just drop their sweaty 
wet clothes yeah. on the carpet yeah, of their in the corner in the court right like are there behavioral <laughs> you finally things? move the clothes and it's all nasty exactly and... are there behavioral changes that people could be making in right. their homes right to to help with this yes yeah, so that you know you you mentioned you know kids playing sports it could be a mudroom where all winter everybody comes in and throws their 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 muddy boots or wet boots or their ski gear or they're wet coats. Um, it could be people that love hot showers. You know, we talk about that quite often. And there are habits that, yeah, that could be contributing to that. And most people don't think about that. They're just, you know, they think it's something else. And, and I've dealt with clients that, you know, it was mainly on the home inspection side that in their bathrooms or in their, and these are typically bathrooms that are carpeted, which is a big no-no. They're always throwing wet towels down and they can't figure out why there's mold growing there. And they're like, no, no, it's got to be something else. No, you're always keeping that area of the floor wet, mm-hmm. which keeps the humidity high, over 60%, so mold can keep growing. So, yeah, if there's if, if, if there are things like bad habits, that's an easy fix. Exactly. A lot easier than fixing a leaky roof. Well, and sometimes people don't know they have bad habits. You think about a dog's water bowl. Should the water bowl always be in the same place or should people be rotating it to different parts of the room, the mud room, the the kitchen, so that the water that comes out from the sides of the dog bowl, water bowl, it's not always landing in the same spot. Yeah, that's actually a great idea because we have a dog, a puppy that... That likes to splash water everywhere. Exactly. And we do move the water bowl around. We've changed. We don't have the big auto water just because of that. Um, But we just saw a commercial on TV the other day. I'm not going to say the name brand, but I'm sure listeners have seen it. But remember, and we've talked about it before in podcasts, but there's literally, um, it's a thing you put on the floor like you do in your cars, like floor mats. That you put the you can put your muddy shoes on or wet shoes or dog's water on. Exactly. Do you remember which one? Oh, I remember. Oh, I do. I, I do. paused and showed yeah. it to you. I'm like, why did it take this long for a to company figure, to come out with this? To figure it out. Because I think those are the things like somebody who has lots of plants, how they do the watering right. of those a plants. Drip plant. A, yeah, drip pan. Yep. Somebody who has fish in an aquarium or whatever, there are certain things they could be doing to prevent. And I've never right. had fish in an aquarium, but maybe there's water that comes from there. There's, yeah, there shouldn't be. Okay. Um, but Christmas trees, we talk about that oh, around right. Christmas time. You're, you know, you're always watering that. We'll already splashing over. Um, like you said, people that have plants, you know, is it a huge plant that sits on the, in the same spot on the floor for months or years on end? They go to move that and they're like, holy crap, the floor's all rotted out below this. How did this happen? From overwatering that plant. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of preventative measures that you can, you know, take. Like you said, an easy one's just move those things around, which is and that's what we had to do with, with with our dog that thinks he's I don't know how to word it, but he's a puppy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Splashes everywhere. But I think so often people want to buy a gadget to fix something that behavior could go a lot farther right. in helping to prevent. Right. And, and at the end of the day, a gadget's not going to fix anything if you're continually, you know, it's a chronic concern. Yep. If, if you're always taking hot showers and you're never airing it out, you know... Would a would five exhaust fans fix the problem? Probably, but is is that the right the right fix? Exactly to, to lower the humidity. Yep. You know, figure out other ways to keep the humidity below fifty percent. 
Yeah, very, very true. What's your call to action for people? So, the only way that they would know if the humidity is elevated is to get a humidity gauge. Yep. So, if uh, if 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 they don't have them, and I hopefully our listeners of especially those that have listened for a while, they already have one. Humidity gauges are very inexpensive. You can buy nice, fancy ones that are Bluetooth and all sorts of stuff. You can buy a cheap one, literally, on Amazon. You can buy a 10-pack for 30 bucks. Well, I don't know what they cost now. Inflation's kind of freaky, but but they're not expensive. And that's the way you're going to know what the humidity levels are. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you want to say about the topic? No, just, uh, you know... If you if you think you have any concerns, uh, we have we have uh, consultations, all sorts actually. When I say all sorts. We offer different packages, but if you think you have humidity concerns or mold concerns, you know who to call. Absolutely. So go to cnccontractorservices.com and you can learn more about the various types of consultations. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.